0: Every week, Northern California homeowners like you turn to Ask the Contractors for the best products, information, and specialists to complete their home improvement projects. Now with more than 35 years of contracting experience locally, here's your host of Ask the Contractors, Todd Bird. And welcome to AsktheContractors.com, your trusted contractor's resource. Hey folks, this is where we cut through it all and nail things down. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Todd Bird. Hey, check us out on the website, askthecontractors.com. Use our trusted pros that we endorse by searching our contractor's directory. These are the contractors in the Sacramento area that I trust. Do you have a renovation question? Send me your home renovation and remodeling question to askthecontractors.com. We answer your question right here on the air. Hey, how would you like to be a part of our Ask the Contractors website? There are many benefits to becoming one of Todd's Trusted Poros. Voila, that's me. Go to askthecontractors.com and in the upper right-hand corner, click Sponsor Advertise. It's all done right there. Fill out the form and we'll get back to you. This is the best way for reputable Contractors to connect with me and be profiled on this very show. I would love to have you on. Again, I've always said, you cut the mustard, you can get on the website and and we can promote you and you can be a part of the Todd Bird's Trusted Pros right here on askthecontractors.com. Great to have everyone here. It's a wonderful Sunday. How are you holding up with the heat? Are you sweltering out there? It's, it's really hot. It's nationwide, so we're not the only ones burning up here in the Sacramento area. Hey, listen, I'm going to dive into some news. We have a full, fun-packed show today, so... Um, what do I like to say? What's the saying? Uh, put on your hard hats, tighten your tool belts, because here we go. Okay. Hey. Equity is up. Typical U.S. home sellers made, you ready for this folks, 39K. Through 2017, the West Coast saw more of the biggest home value increases over the past decade. And home sellers are seeing big profits as a result. Nationally, Home sellers last year made nearly $39,000 or 21% when they compared it with what they originally paid for the home. Uh, Sellers in the San Jose and San Francisco metros made more equity than the typical U.S. home seller. The typical home in San Jose sold in 2017 earned the sellers 54% more than they originally paid for that same home nine years earlier here in Sacramento home sellers earned about 29% more than they purchased in 2010. So that's that's only 7 years, 29%. That's a pretty good uh, return every year on your home. So bottom line, keep improving your homes, keep improving uh, uh, where you live, renovations, take care of your home. I'm telling you if you I've, I've always had this saying on some of the the flips that I have done over the years, green grass And flowers in the front yard and a nice front door to walk up to, a good curb appeal does so much for your home. That's the first impression of uh, when someone's looking at your home. And I want to go back to this a second here. In San Jose and San Francisco metro uh, areas, it was 54% in San Jose. This is, uh, I don't know if you saw this article uh, in the Sacramento Bee about uh, three or four weeks ago, but it talked about 49% of those surveyed in that area want to get out of that area. It's simple. The homes, if these people are selling their homes for 54% more than what they paid for it, they're not going to go and buy another home in that area. Chances are they're going to take that money and go where they can pay cash for a house, and that's exactly why El Dorado Hills and the Folsom area is on fire right now. Because these people are coming up here and they're paying cash for their home, still putting 100, 200, 300 grand in the bank and living life great. So, I guess what's uh, what's uh, down for someone else is good for another person. So, anyways, uh, how about millennials? Are millennial home buyers growing up? Well, I have four of them, so uh, I hope they do. When it comes to buying a home, the top concern among first-time millennial buyers is having enough money for the down payment. That's according to a report from Redfin. In a new survey, respondents between the ages of 24 and 38 said they plan to buy their first home in the coming year. Aside from the majority who are saving directly from their paychecks, millennials are using several sources to save money needed for that down payment. And here's how it breaks down. 36% of these millennials use earnings from a second job. 13% pull money right out of retirement funds early. Some have received a cash gift from their families for an early inheritance or a gift from mom or dad, some, something to that effect. I'm going to tell you out of these three, the two or the one that I like the best rather is the 36% using earnings from a second job. That's a hardworking person right there. That's someone who's dedicated. And as I said before, when it comes to buying a home, if I'm the lender, if I'm the lender, I want to see that borrower have some skin in the game. If they're taking on a second job and saving their money to put that down payment, that 20% down, which is a, a decent down payment. And you're buying a $300,000 home. That's $60,000. That, that that means they have skin in the game. They're going to be taking care of that place. They're going to be making their house payment. They're, these are the kind of people that will get a third job if if they fall behind just to keep up with that payment and take care of that home. 13% pull money out of retirement funds. That's a bad idea. When you're young, that's when you need to save the most. Those are your earning years. Those are, those are the years that you have the energy to go out there and just plug away and keep at it. So I, I would... Totally advise about taking If you have a retirement fund and you're young, first of all, that's very special right there uh, to have a retirement uh, fund and be a millennial. You're light years ahead of most people, but to pull that money out early, bad idea. Bad, bad, bad idea. So again, always check with your accountant or your financial advisor when it comes to those things. And here's, here's another one here for you. Professor, students rank California counties by value. Believing there is more value to a home in California than just the price, the students from Chapman University took the county's medium income level, the average price of the home, and the climate into account. The higher the income level in the county and nearer to the Pacific Ocean, the more valuable the real estate is. After applying the factors to California counties, Riverside County is more overvalued than both Orange and Los Angeles County. Kern and Sacramento County are right in the middle, neither higher over or undervalued. They're right there in the middle where it's a good place. The sweet spot as I guess you can call it. Meanwhile, Placer County is the most undervalued county in California and Santa Clara is the most overvalued. The full list of these counties in order and value can be found on askthecontractors.com Facebook page. Bottom line, it comes down to this. The higher the income level in the county, And the nearer you are to the Pacific Ocean, the more valuable is the real estate. So I've actually known that for a long time. Hey, again, you're listening to AskTheContractors.com, your trusted contractors resource. For any of these articles that you'd like to explore a little further, go to AskTheContractors.com, check out our website, and Send you to your question. I would love to hear about your next renovation project. I would love to hear about uh, maybe some horror stories you have about renovating your home. I mean, we talk about everything on on this uh, show that's in relationship to your home. Give us a shout out. I'd love to talk to you. And uh, I might even call you and bring you on the air. Uh, I love talking about homes. I love talking about the industry. I love talking about your projects. You know, and I'm going to give you a little refresher course on who I am. As you know, I'm Todd Bird, and been a contractor in Sacramento for well over 30 years. I've raised my family here, four beautiful kids, and uh, I almost said I raised my wife, but I, that would be wrong. No, I've been married to my wife for for 35 years. Grew up here in Sacramento. Got into the industry very, very young. I was 19 when I got into the industry, right out of high school. Stumbled through a little bit of JC uh, for a while, but I found what I loved to do. And that was tearing apart homes and putting them back together. It's a passion. It's a love. It's something that I've gotten up every day for the almost 40 years now and, uh, and, and worked on people's homes. I love tearing apart kitchens. I love tearing apart bathrooms. I love doing additions. I love the home industry. I love the people in the home industry. And for all those years, I've seen the ups and downs. Right now, we're on an up. We're on a high right now. This is this is a great thing coming. There's going to be some stumbling blocks going forward. And one of them is where we are we going to get the labor? Uh, the other thing that I think California in, uh, directly is going to be faced with is we're going to go through a major building boom. Again, I've thrown these statistics out before. We got 24,000 new homes going up in the older county and Folsom area we got another 14,000 going up in the Placer County area the big question is where are we going to get the water I mean we we're we are going to have a huge problem right now the lakes are full we've had a couple of years of good rain I'm I'm a little bit nervous about where we are going to get the water uh, you can't just pump sand through these pipes if these reservoirs go empty again like they were three years ago, four years ago. And people were starting to, uh, I mean, they were coming up with ideas that if you had a pool, you couldn't fill it. Uh, You know, just all kinds of rules and regulations that were put in place. What was it? uh, You can't water your front yard. Water districts were paying people to take out their yards. So, so many things are connected to water. Life is water. And if we don't have it, You could build as many homes as you want, but if you can't turn on the spivot, you can't do anything. It's it's really bad. We can wake up and not take a shower. So anyways, hey, again, you're listening to AskTheContractors.com, your trusted contractor's resource. Hey, folks, this is where we cut through it all and nail things down. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Todd Bird. Hey, check us out on the website, AskTheContractors.com. Use our trusted pros that we endorse by searching our contractors directory. These are the contractors in the Sacramento area that I trust. Do you have a renovation question? Send me your home renovation and remodeling question at askthecontractors.com. We will answer your questions right here on the air. Just get those questions to me. I have some questions that we're going to do in this segment, but a new story I'd want to get to, and that is remodeling keeps booming. Annual- home survey suggests metro areas that suffered disasters in the last couple of years are recording the biggest gains in spending on renovations and are contributing to the robust growth nationwide overall the survey says nearly 131,000 131,000 homeowners on the average are responsible for remodeling activity There's a lot of equity money for remodeling. 51% of the respondents said they are either planning to begin or continue renovations this year, at a medium price of $15,000. That's a good chunk of change. That's that's you times $15,000 on the average by $131,000. That's a lot of money in our economy. Recent buyers and long-term homeowners alike are keen on investing in major projects such as kitchens, bathrooms. These things continue to fuel the spending, while exterior features such as systems uh, like home security, automation, are also on the rise. You know, uh, go to my website at Ask the Contractors com, A guy that I know really well, Paul Reeves, a really good guy. His construction company is actually on our website, and he can also answer some of these questions and maybe talk to you about your next remodel. Go to AskTheContractors.com, as always, for my trusted pros. Okay, I want to get into some questions here on AskTheContractors.com, which is why you ask the contractors, because I can help you get an answer. Hey, I have one here from Rob. I purchased an older home, it's over 100 years old, back in January following renovation. There was a rather large, steep crack in the front of the house that ran from the foundation up about four feet above the foundation into the brick. When the home was renovated, he put a secondary I-beam in the basement about two feet away from the original beam for additional support, seeing as how the original beam was so old. I noticed that where the beam is, there is a high point on the floor above. Here's the question. Can it be possible that the beam is positioned too high, causing stress at that point, which could be causing the steep crack? Well, that's a really good question. The first thing I would ask back to you, Rob, is when you bought the home was that project disclosed to you? Second of all, have you checked with your local building department to see if there was actually a permit on this job and an inspection would have taken place. Obviously if there was a permit, the third thing is where that beams, weight is, where the, where the stress of that beam, where the load, they call it, where that load is, were their footings put in underneath the stem wall or in that vicinity to actually hold that new load, that new stress. If you do not have a proper foundation to put an I-beam or glued lamb or one of those heavy duty beams, you're putting excess stress on your existing stem wall, which can make all kinds of crazy things happen. If you, again, you do not have the right foundation, everything starts with the right foundation. So I, I, I hope that answers your question. I, without seeing it, uh, I'd like to see some pictures. And, and if in, in hearing this uh, response to your question, look into those three things I just, I just asked foundation upgrades. Was there a permit and was it disclosed to you about how this uh, project went about? Was there a contractor involved? But assuming there wasn't a permit, let's assume that you have to start from scratch. First thing I would do is, is get an engineer to take a look at it. It's going to cost you a little money, but have an engineer come out and take a look at it. Uh, you might want to do some preliminary work before that engineer gets there, like dig around your footing to see if, if the footing actually uh, exists. And have everything as accessible as possible for the engineer to take a look at. I would start with that, and uh, and I want I want to know more. I want you to do a follow up with me on this, Rob, because I, I would like to know more, and hopefully uh, hopefully this can help you out moving forward with your home. You're listening to askthecontractors.com. Again, Your trusted pros. Send me your questions. If you have a problem with your home, send it to me. I will try and figure it out and maybe even have you on the air to explain it the way you see it and maybe things you were told about whatever problem it is with your home. I want to know about it. I want to help you figure it out so we can make your home as nice as possible for you to enjoy for years to come. Let's see. We have another question here. This comes from Blue. This is an interesting one. Again, being a contractor for over 30 years, I've I've been up against this a couple of times. The last two jobs I had completed on my home by a contractor, I found that I became the job foreman for his employees while they were working at my home. The contractors tend to give general directions to the employees, then they split. You see them again at the end of the job. I am the one who gives them warnings to prevent damage to my home while they are working, and I'm the one to halt them when they are installing something backwards or incorrectly. All right, here's the question. How do I get the contractor to play his oversight role and not me, the homeowner? How do I get the contractor to stay on the job? Well, this is a loaded question. Being a contractor, I myself... I'm not always on the, on the jobs. Um, you know, I give directions, I make sure things are getting done. Uh, a lot of things have changed in the, in the construction world. Uh, you have cell phones, you have, you could send pictures, you can talk, uh, in groups, you can do, uh, uh group phone calls. Uh, there, there's a lot of ways that a contractor can manage a job. Uh, so I'm looking at this both ways. I don't expect any of my, my, uh, customers to become the foreman of the job, but you have to understand too, that. You're also responsible for your remodel. You hire someone who can put the right people in place. In this case, it sounds like maybe a couple of the subcontractors that were in place or employees were maybe not as qualified as they should have been. If they're installing things backwards and incorrectly, and th- things do happen. I mean, there are there are some some things that happen on jobs that that have to be corrected. But uh, backwards and incorrectly sounds like it was happening quite often. So it's not always, not always detrimental that the contractor is there constantly, but a good contractor does oversee the job, checking on that job throughout the day, making sure that phone calls are to the client, making sure phone calls are to the uh, subcontractors and being available to answer any questions that might come up with that project. So, um, hopefully that answers your question. And if actually I want to elaborate a little more. The contractor is there to assist you in the remodeling process. Now, I have had uh, customers over the years, uh, last year, remodeled a kitchen. The people got up and they went to Hawaii for, for two or three weeks. They were gone. Of course, I had to answer all the questions, but we had pretty good direction before they left. A good set of plans is also good direction for the subcontractors. You have a good set of plans and you start with a good architect, then you shouldn't have A lot of these problems, problems do come up and you have to deal with them. However, it starts with a good set of plans, a good mindset going into the project. And, um, the other thing that kind of disturbs me about this is, is protecting your, let's see, uh, prevent damage to my home. Another thing, a good contractor is going to put up vapor barriers, uh, dust barriers. They're going to close off vents in your in your HVAC system. So, so uh, dust does not get up there. Dust is probably one of the biggest problems we have in interior work because just no way of preventing it other than controlling it. So again, uh, just to elaborate a little more on this uh, on this question. Hey, if you have a question about your remodel project, go to askthecontractors.com. I guarantee you some of these problems that I just discussed from Miss Blue here, A lot of these problems go away. If you just hire the right people who are the right people. Go to askthecontractors.com. These are people I've trusted. I've been a contractor for over 30 years. I use these people. Do you have a question for me? Send me your home renovation question, remodeling question. Send it to askthecontractors.com. This is where we answer your question right here on the air. And how about you business owners out there? Would you like to be featured on askthecontractors.com radio show and website? There are so many benefits to becoming one of Todd's, voila, that's me, trusted pros. Go to askthecontractors.com, go to the upper right-hand corner, click sponsor slash advertise. Fill out the form. We'll get right back to you. All right. We have lots to do today. I want to talk a little bit about job site injuries. This is also for homeowners. You got to be careful out there. I said this before on a segment not too long ago, that if you have to go out and rent a some type of piece of equipment, you do not own it, you have to be careful on how to use it. In fact, I'll use this as an example. If if you dream about having a skill saw and you've never used one before, you do not belong buying one. You just should not have one in your hand. When in doubt, hire it out. I've had that saying for years. Uh, even myself, you know, I clipped my my thumb on a skill saw one time. It it hurts. It hurts really bad and ended up putting about 20 stitches in my finger. So when in doubt, hire it out and be very careful with your tools. Now, I want to go over a couple of statistics. I don't know if you realize this, but the construction industry, as of 2005, made this industry, the construction industry, the most dangerous industry in this country. 1,224 deaths occurred in that year alone. And this is uh, according to the Occupation Safety and Health Administration, OSHA as they they call it. Falls accounted for 384 out of 991 total deaths in construction. Falls, these are uh, updated uh, statistics here as of last year, now, those are falls. Those are, those are falling off ladders. Those are, in fact, the homeowners, there's 65,000 homeowners a year that fall off ladders. So not, this doesn't even, this doesn't apply just to construction. It's using construction equipment. It's using those household things like a ladder that can cause a fall. And trust me, when you're up seven or eight feet on a ladder or even three or four feet and you lose your balance, you're not a cat. Trust me, you're not a cat. You're a human being. You're going to break. I don't know how God ever made cats land on their feet every time, but they do. We don't. You fall off a ladder, you're going to break your neck. You're going to break an arm. You're Something bad is going to happen. And as you're falling, you know that's that's the case. So, so be very careful. Let's see here. 150,000 construction injuries each year. That's according to the Bureau of Labor uh, Statistics falls are your number 1 the second cause of death in construction is with equipment equipment now we're not talking about um, a screwdriver we're talking about maybe uh, heavy equipment we're talking about job site uh, equipment scaffoldings there's just so many elements are going on in the construction industry it's just a very, very vulnerable time when you're out there trying to build something. In fact, on our commercial projects, I'll tell you what we do, and that is the first thing before any construction starts in the morning, we have a job site meeting. Everyone who's going to be working on that job that day has to have a safety meeting, and we talk about what we're going to do, where we're going to do it, and who's going to do it. Now, let's, let's apply that to the homeowner. You have a home project that you're going to do. First of all, with that list of how you're going to accomplish that project, you in your mind, and if there's other people involved in this homeowner project, you have to have your mind around who's going to be there, what's going to be done. You know, as a homeowner, you have responsibility too. Do not just expect that when you hire a contractor, it's all done for you. That's your investment. That's your home. You want to know what's going on. You want to make sure that contractor is acting in a safe manner on your home. There's going to be a lot of things going on. We've talked about this before when it comes to a bathroom or kitchen. I use that as an example. Think about how many trades are involved in doing your kitchen. You have demo, you have cabinetry, you have countertops, you have a sheet rocker, you have electrician, you have a plumber, you have flooring, you might be having windows put in. Uh, You have all these elements coming together and all these subcontractors in that area Pretty much at the same time, tile setters, hot moppers, uh, framers, all the insulation, all these things are happening in a very small area, which means that if it's not a neat and clean environment to work in, accidents will happen. You want to make sure that things are picked up and cleaned up so you're not backing up and tripping over some guy's two by four or falling into a bucket of paint. So so you want to be really, really careful about that. Some of the injuries that I've seen on on job sites, I've seen an N19 nail gun go through an arm of a worker. That N19, just to let you know, is a two, I'm going to, I'm going to probably, I'm going to probably make some of you gasp that when I tell you some of these stories. But, uh, an N19 is, is usually for subflooring or fencing some, something to that effect. And it's an, it's a two inch staple and it's run through a gun and it's, it's very, very powerful. Very, very, uh, there's quite a bit of pressure that, that pumps that, uh, that, that staple out that staple went right through a man's arm. I mean, straight through and it actually hit his bone and curled under and it, it it was so, it was so gross because one of the other workers went and took a needle nose pliers and pulled it out. Now pulling it out, grossed me out more than seeing it go in. But however, it was a job site injury. Of course, he went to the hospital. He was okay. Thank goodness it didn't hit any main arteries in his arm and he survived and he was bandaged up and I believe he got a tetanus shot and uh, he was okay and he moved on. Another injury that I've seen was I've seen skill saw injuries, especially on roofs. And each of those injuries that I witnessed, was the contractor on the roof doing something he shouldn't have been doing. What was it? Pinning the guard. A lot of contractors pin their guard. You cannot pin your guard back. That means the guard does not return after it cuts through a piece of plywood or a two-by-four. And for speediency and efficiency, uh, some of the guys had put a 16-penny nail and tuck it up in there, and it holds the guard open. Well, that blade is spinning, and if they just miscalculate and lay that, uh, that, that skill saw down, it's going to run across the roof at full speed and possibly across someone's foot or into someone's arm or into someone's leg. It's dangerous. So again, skill saws are, are, are a big thing with me on job sites. Never pin your guard. Another injury I saw was, was a couple of people goofing off and it was in a lumber yard. It was, it was in a lumber yard off, uh, uh, Old Auburn Road. I'm not going to mention the lumber yard uh, because the folks are still around. And it was a, it was a tragic day because uh, we were out there loading up some of our lumber. And we actually had a little lumber yard next to the lumber yard where our equipment was. And there was a dog ear saw. Now, what is a dog ear saw? A dog ear saw is a saw that swings and cuts the little dog ears on top of your fencing material. It's called a dog ear saw. Anyways, these two guys were goofing around one of the guys jumped over the saw itself. The saw was, was on, came back and took the guy's arm off. It took it off right at the wrist. And it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. And it was, a lot of people lost their jobs. A guy went the rest of his life without his arm. And so it, this isn't a, a scare segment here. This is a safety segment that you're around equipment and this goes for the homeowner. This goes for the contractor. I want you to be safe. I do not want you to goof around out there. Take it seriously in this industry because obviously these statistics, what uh, 2005. Um, uh, well let's, let's go to, let's go to recent statistics. 991 people died last year doing stupid things. Uh, another one is on the job site. That is the blue box. How about the potty box? When someone goes in there, he says people go in there goofing around and they're shaking it. You know, people get injured doing those stupid things. So don't be stupid. Take it seriously and be mindful of all of those people around you. You might be in a giddy, goofy mood, but they're not and vice versa. So you got to be careful out there. So that's my lecture for the week. That's my lecture for the month. I will repeat this again because I do feel it's very, very, very important. Myself being in the business for all these years, obviously, like the stories I just told you, I've seen some things that I don't want to see. Be smart about how you do your project. I'm Todd Byrd. This is askthecontractors.com. If you have a safety story, will you get it to me? Get it to me at askthecontractors.com. I'd like to know about it. This is information I feel that needs to be put out there to homeowners just so you know that, that there's a safe way of doing things, there's a wrong way of doing things, and you want to make sure that that you do it right. Hey, we are your trusted contractors resource for all this information. So go on our website at askthecontractors.com. You can ask me your questions. I'm Todd Bird. I'm here to answer those questions. I'm here to help you out. So give me your information. Let's talk about it. If you want to be a part of our family, would you like to be on, on this show? go to go to and I'll endorse you I would really love you to be on this show so go to askthecontractors.com, fill out the form send it to us we're gonna get back to you and speaking of getting back you get back to us next week same time I'll see you then have a great weekend everyone she's a total bland bland. she said she had to squeeze it, but she... Hi, Todd Bird here from AskTheContractors.com. Was this past winter tough on your house? I want to tell you about Reeves Construction, who is one of our trusted pros. If you need siding, fresh paint, or dry rot repair, Reeves Construction can get your house looking like new. Call them today for your free consultation. Get the right person to do the right job. Reeves Construction. Nine one six two seven six seven nine zero seven. That's nine one six two seven six seven nine zero seven. Nine one six two seven six seven nine zero seven.